Hello, welcome to Creating Portland. I'm your host, Pearson Coons, and on this podcast, I'll be interviewing progressive creators who are using their art to shape the culture of our city and beyond. I hope you enjoy this episode of Creating Portland. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to be here with our special guest today. This is Enrique Andrade, originally from Mexico City, and he graduated from the University of Oregon with a majors in Spanish literature and philosophy and a minor in political science. From there, he became a master level court certified interpreter in July 2001 and then became a staff interpreter uh, with the Oregon Justice Department in December of 2001. When he is not interpreting at the Oregon Justice Center, he spends his time as a local actor on stage and screen and as voiceover talent. And you might recognize his voice as the Spanish voice of the Max Train and other educational and governmental programs. So please welcome Enrique. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much, Pearson, for letting me be here. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. We're so excited to chat with you. And um, we'll just jump right in to the big question that guides our podcast, which is just how are you as an artist helping to create Portland? And it can be as broad as you want or as specific as you want to be. Well, Pearson, I, th I, I think that the pandemic has, has unveiled and revealed a lot of the realities that Portland is and is living through. And some of the, the beauty of Portland has also been pulled away to re reveal some of the underbelly of what a lot of people are experiencing. And chief amongst them is the arts community. Because uh, just to give you a little background, I was about to open a play for the Miracle Theater called the Corrido de San Patricios and it was going to be we were ready to open it was going to be our opening weekend and the shutdown the show so that oh that felt, yeah. that felt very hard and difficult and um, then uh, you, you know for months and months and months there was a period of of retreat and of re reforming recentering as to what it is that we're going to do as creators and actors. And so I, I began to meditate and wonder where the opportunities would come. And a good director, a friend of mine, Rebecca, uh, no, Sarah Andrews, Rebecca introduced us. Sarah Andrews mm -hmm. uh, invited me to participate in a project called Bad Citizen with Northwest Theater Works. And we did a whole play through Zoom, a series of small plays actually. And uh, what was interesting is that instead of me going to a theater to perform, the theater environment came to me which meant mm. lighting came to me and the green screen came to me and the audio interface came to me. And so my, my little room here, my little office in, at home became sort of like a mini theater stage. Mm. And uh, that was a big shock and a change because, you know, I, I try to be a little tidy and when you're in theater, you just are not, things are all over the place. And so that, 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 that felt a little invasive, but it also opened me up to the possibility to create and create lives, uh, performance with people uh, in different parts of the city. And we were able to just create interesting works with, uh, with new, new uh, performance works for our Northwest Theater projects. 
Nice. And what can you describe for the people that haven't seen a Zoom play? What are we expecting? What are we seeing? Are we seeing just faces? Are we seeing actions? What what would that look like? Well, imagine that you are dialing in to your own personal TV station that's creating something specially for you. And what you're going to see portrayed is a program made specifically for you of a theater work, a live, a live TV show, if you will. And you will see, depending on how the play is uh, organized, you will see either all of us and Zoom uh, images on the screen or just one image coming out after another, music, anima music animation, transitions, uh, sound off, off stage. Uh, it, it's, 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 a, it's a unique combination of the theatrical and television art forms. So it's, it feels old, but it also feels very new because we haven't mm. had that type of uh, experience in our, in our lives, in our modern lives. And then what did your creation look like pre-COVID? Like what, what would normal Enrique be making and contributing culturally to Portland if this were not the case, like if Zoom plays were not happening? Uh, if, the, if, you know, there would be auditioning for new works and to for established works in different theater companies around town. And my artistic home is the Miracle Theater, Teatro Milagro, which mm -hmm. is on Southeast Stark. And I would be getting ready to be in one or two plays uh, a season. And, you know, would travel after work, go directly to the theater, rehearse till about 10 or 11, a, uh, 11 p.m., and then come back home, go to work, do it all over again, then preview weekend and or week and... Uh, perform the play for four weeks and that would be done. Uh, and that would be how the process would be normally. And I've gotten used to that traveling to Portland and dealing with traffic and the mm -hmm. idiosyncrasies of Portland. But now that that's not available anymore, uh, I think that we can do a lot still. And, and the, you know, the Miracle Theater is, is trying to experiment ways in which they can provide uh, artistic and creative opportunities for people, but Zoom still not not quite not quite a piece that they're using yet. So we'll we'll, we'll work with them for the future. But compared to what I used to do before, to what I used to to, to what I do now, um, I think there's there's a maximization of time available to do things mm. and a minimization of time available to do things at the same time because you have you don't have the time wasted to travel to the theater in Portland to rehearse, but you have two weeks to present a play. <laughs> so, you know, and so how do you memorize? How do you deal with all the technical uh, parts of it? So that's a change and it's become faster and slower, faster and slower. Do you do independent work or are you just doing uh, acting for the theater? What kind of outside point, projects do you do? At this point, I, I'm mostly doing, you know, theater performances as an actor, but I'm really curious and there's a calling for uh, writing plays. So mm. I'll, I, I'm looking for different opportunities to make that happen. Maybe, maybe with uh, Northwest Theater Works or perhaps other venues, but this is the time to learn new skills and uh, there are stories to be told. And, and the stories that I've seen over the last seven months of people, you know, overcoming difficulty and distance and, severing of connection um, are urging me to write about them. So we'll see what happens. Okay, exciting. So we might be seeing some writing from you in the future too. That would be cool.
Um, okay, so let's jump into our next segment, which is I want to know what what do you like about the Portland arts community and the theater scene and the art space in Portland, and what is maybe some areas of improvement for you? Where do we need to start heading? Portland is greater than just the city, and there's a great variety of companies that are trying to create quality work, but the money doesn't quite get to them. And so uh, even within Portland, there's small theater companies that, that have been struggling to survive, and now COVID has forced them either to reinvent themselves or to shut down. So I think that's a great loss uh, to Portland. So um, I think there are great pieces and great companies in Portland that produce really quality work with very little money. And I would wish a more equitable distribution of the resources for mm. Portland to have. I'm starting with the bad, with, with the good, <laughs> uh, you know, with, with the good is that I think there's it's a vibrant theatrical community over here, maybe sometimes a little self-indulgent, but um, there's quality work that is, that is created here and is launching paths for people's careers to move to bigger markets. So, if you want to start your career in theater, uh, Portland's a good place, but I wouldn't recommend staying here too long because just the money is not there to, to, to give you a living wage unless you join a union. And if you join a union, then you further limit your availability mm. of uh, venues to work. So uh, on the good, there's a lot of, lot of creative minds that are here ready to create and ready to absorb and play and, and, and manifest. And on the bad is there's, there's not as much money and the money gets limited to some, to very few people. So. Yeah, that's definitely been a trend we've been noticing on this podcast is almost all of the artists are bringing up the lack of funding and the lack of uh, resources in the city to support the arts, which is disappointing, but I think, illuminating to have such a consistent request of our city to fund the arts um you know you know pearson i'm going to interrupt you there for just one second yeah. forgive me for doing this um but i think the challenge for us as artists is that we need to connect with the audience mm. and theater has been trying to connect and we have failed to do that so the onus is on our part to Ooh. connect with the audience and the stories that they need to hear Go into that a little more. What what do you think that means for Portland? How are we not connecting with our audience? What are you observing? What I'm observing what I'm observing is that there's a lot of stories out there that are not portrayed on the stage. Like for instance, um, there are a lot of black playwrights, Latino playwrights, Asian playwrights, and the theater community in Portland as it is sometimes relegates those those performances in those mm. plays to the minority theaters or the like the Milagro Theater. Portland Playhouse comes to mind as well. And uh, uh, artist uh, repertory theater. Now with artist repertory theater, I think Damaso has made a really good effort to bring Latino, a brand of Latino theater to Portland and and to create create some sort of diversity in art 
Mm -hmm. ART has, has always tried to be inclusive and diverse, but but I don't know how to, I don't know how to how to phrase it in a way that doesn't offend people, so I probably won't. <laughs> but okay. uh, I think I think I think the the minority actors in the big houses are underutilized and underappreciated. And mm. it might be an issue of the audiences mm. that uh, say, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to take away from, 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 I don't want to go to a performance where there's, this, the, there's black actors or there's Latino actors or, or um, Asian actors because I'm taking a at the place of their community audiences. And that's not the point. The point is that we need to have mm. everybody show up you know, don't think that because there's a, a Latino theater in town that you as an actor of African descent or even Caucasian, that you don't have a place there. There's a place for, for you there as well. We open our doors to perform and play with you. And in many ways, we learn from the experienced actors in town uh, as minority actors. So there's a give and take. But when we go to the big, with the bigger houses, it just becomes the doors close. Doors closes. Uh, I don't know if it's an unintentional prejudice or bias. I I don't it sounds know. Like it, it hasn't been explored. So we'll see. Yes. Yeah, that's a really, really valuable perspective that we haven't seen yet that we as artists need to take responsibility for gaining and eliciting that level of community support and earning it in a way that maybe we shouldn't we shouldn't just passively hope that it's going to be there or expect it to be there if we're not working for it at the same time. So I, yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, there, there are, there are uh, guaranteed money makers as far mm -hmm. as plays, you know, in Shakespeare, you got your Hamlet, you got your, your Romeo and Juliet, lovely plays, boring every <laughs> once in a while, if you see, you know, too much of them. And, uh, in, in, in Portland Center Stage, there's been a, a variety of really interesting efforts, but there was this one play, and I'm forgetting the name of that play, where it, where it, it, it took place in a sort of like 90 minutes, multi-dimensional, the scenes were happening in several dimensions. I forget the name of this play, but what you would see is the same scene performed five times. Oh, Constellations, is that what it's called? Constellations. Yeah. That drove me up a wall. I'm thinking, why am I why am I watching this? Why am I watching this? <laughs> because what is this what is this story telling me? Is not is not mm. giving me a different dimension. If you if you have given me the you know the five different scenes with different actors coming in and performing it, uh-huh. Maybe Something that would have been happens. that would have mm. been interesting. You know? What is what is the reality that people find themselves in so with portland center stage i think you know they they experiment i applaud them for that but in many ways they are um, inaccessible for a lot of the actors in town so then i guess this sort of leads us right into our third segment but i'm curious then what i'm noticing a trend in what you're saying that there's a lot of it, they're there's trying there's experimenting they're close they're there the image is there the desire is there what is missing the mark where where are these larger houses not being accessible and how can they become more accessible from your perspective i think we're talking about uh cultural capital 
The bigger mm -hmm. houses have a lot of experience, a lot of cachet, if you will. There's there's very experienced actors that, are, that perhaps even form part of the company. So I find that their knowledge is not shared as freely as it could be like like we would benefit in the different and smaller houses if the bigger if the bigger houses actors or the bigger company actors would come and play with us embrace us up if we, we always mm. when you're performing in a in in, in a performance in, in in theater if you're performing with someone that that is bona fide mm -hmm. a good actor it raises your standard and likewise when you work with with, with if you're a good actor that has that good reputation when you work with minority actors, you bring up your game as well yeah. because you 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 think, oh my gosh, I'm I'm playing with someone that is different than me. I have to bring the best that I can to cooperate and make the scene work with my scene partner, regardless of who they are. And so it's it's a battle of not a battle. It's a it's a a dance of mm. raising up the energy and the levels. And when you have mixed, it's it's like the opera. I think. Uh, uh, Portland Opera has gotten away with the convention of only having Caucasian uh, opera singers on stage. So you have a variety of singers, African-American, Asian, Latino, Caucasian, and the music. If you can sing the song, if you can sing the music, the, the magic occurs and happens. And I wish theater would do that. Mm, yeah, so almost almost a sense of exclusivity and hierarchy that we're experiencing in the theater scene where they're, they're feeling inaccessible and they're also not coming down or not really down. I don't want to say that, but like not experimenting in other levels of theater and other sizes of houses as well. Yes. And there's a phrase that every actor, especially if you're a female, uh, uh, when when you when when they come into Portland, uh, the phrase is "Be careful who you sleep with." So I mm. think there's a bit of an incestuous uh, culture in our theater scene. Wow. Okay, we're spilling all the tea here tonight, y'all. Well, you know, if you're a female of a certain age, and there are a lot of actresses that have endured mm. this, uh, this is not this is not a secret. It's an uncomfortable mm. truth. And there's fewer males, cisgender males, that are actors here in Portland. And the directors, the majority are male. That's changing slowly but surely, but there's been... Maybe, maybe they don't cross the, mm. the boundary of professionalism, but how many, how many relationships have we heard of? You know, actresses dating directors, and, and, and you know... The girlfriend yeah. or partner of the director is also acting in a variety of plays. Yeah, and anyway. I think there's a trend, too, that I've been noticing doing this podcast and just in my own experience that Portland prides itself on being more liberal, more progressive and more, uh, quote unquote, woke than it actually is. And so I think it's important to hear these perspectives and ways in which we are sort of holding on to traditional patriarchal harmful tactics and cultures within the theater. So I think it's, it's super important to call out and I appreciate you doing that here. Thank you. I, you know, power, power corrupts. Doesn't matter what gender you are, power corrupts. So 
it is it is dangerous only to assume that cisgender males will abuse that power mm. and we will close close our eyes to some other injustices that may be happening in portland if we only look at look at things through that prism mm. and i think the the pandemic has shown us right now not only the potential of actors in the city but also the plight of mm. actors in this city as well whether cisgender male or female and, and, and everyone in between and what do you think what and this is not one of the questions i had ahead of time so i'm sorry for throwing this on you but like and it's a huge question, but what what does the future of theater look like in Portland? Like, how do we come out of this? How do we come out of this pandemic? And how do we come out of where we were pre-pandemic even? What, the question that I would throw back to you, Pearson, is why would we want to go back to pre-pandemic? Right. I guess what would it look this like is... then is my question. What would the new, what would the re-emergence look like? I envision an emphasis on individual connection, uh, a utilization of social networks for good <laughs> instead of gossip. Um, I envision a hybrid of television arts and theater arts happening mm. so that the stories that need to be told can be told um, in different mediums i think i think this this virus is going to be with us for a while and for those of us who live through the aids epidemic it's never gone away we learn to live with it and we learn to support the people that are affected by it and mourn the people that we lost because mm -hmm. of it so uh from a queer point of view we've been here before and we will incorporate and overcome. Mm. Thank you for making that comparison. I haven't heard that yet, but that that hit. Um. Okay. Wow. Thank you for all of your wisdom tonight. I'm so just inspired and excited to just see an where old we end queen up. just talking. Give a microphone to an old queen. Yes. And see what <laughs> And that's what we need is more queens going off about this theater so that we can reemerge and we can overcome in a way that is more inclusive, more supportive of different voices and less incestuous. Yikes. Um, okay. Well, Enrique, where can people follow you or find you right now? Do you have anything on the horizon we should look out for other than this play that you might be writing? <laughs> Thank you. Well, right now I'm, I'm mostly concentrating on doing voiceover uh, gigs. So my website is www.lavozde.com. L-A-V-O-Z-D-E.com. And uh, you can find me at the Miracle Theater or um, I'm on Instagram. Uh, also P-I-C-E-E-A. That's my, my, my nick. You can follow me there and I put information of the theatrical theatrical or artistic endeavors that I'm doing. Awesome. And we will have all of that linked in the description as well. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciated it. Thank you, Pearson. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Creating Portland with me, Pearson Coons. 
Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CreatingPDX or on our website, CreatingPDX.com. This podcast was brought to you by Wolf and Thunder Productions and Golden Pride Productions. See you next time. Bye!